Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And before we jump into the story, a reminder, well, a reminder, uh, a, a notice, we're running public workshops again in October. So storytelling leaders and story-powered sales, delivered virtually, of course, given the uh, given the current environment. And if you're interested, the details are on our website on our events page. So www.anecdote.com forward slash events if you're interested. Now, I'm a, normally an advocate of under promise and over deliver. Oh. I'm going to put... I'm going to put Sean on the spot no, here and say, don't do that. <laughs> he's got a great story he's going to share. <laughs> oh, no. Set me up. Okay. Well, let me, let me share this one with you. Um, look, sometimes asking for a favor is a great way to build rapport, right? And this was really well illustrated uh, with Benjamin Franklin, you know, one of the founding fathers of, of the United States. Back in 1736, uh, see, you know, this is way before there's even a, a United States uh, pulled together. That happens uh, in 1776. But he gets elected the clerk of the General Assembly for Philadelphia. And uh, the following year, he's proposed again because, they, you know, they update this every year. And a new member gave this long and impassioned speech against Benjamin Franklin. Now, this, this colleague was, you know, a, a, an up and coming, uh, well, I would say up and coming, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's highly, comes from a great family, you know, very wealthy, um, you know, and he's going to have influence. And Benjamin Franklin realizes, you know, on the one hand, he, he's, he's feeling hurt by the, the speech that's sort of railed against him. Um, but at the same time, he knows that this guy is going to be important and he wants to get closer to him. So he had in mind that he wanted to do something that didn't sort of set him up to be subservient to this guy, right? So, in, so what he did, which I thought was, was classic, he knew that the, the new member was um, a, a collector of books, just like Benjamin Franklin was. And, and so he sent a note to him and said, look, I'd really like to borrow one of your, this particular rare and, you know, sort of important book. And when he got the request, he was a bit surprised, must admit, from Benjamin Franklin. And, but he sent it to, to Ben and um, uh, Franklin read the book, got back to him, got the book back to him about a week later with a, you know, a thank you note, or, you know, an effusive thank you note, appreci- you know, saying how much he appreciated getting access to that really rare book. The next day, he went down to the, the parliament uh, uh, sort of sitting area and this guy walked up to him and said hello, which was the first time that ever spoken, you know, face to face. And not only was it a hello, it was a, you know, a warm and friendly, you know, sort of chat and they got to know each other. Now, Franklin kept on asking for other books and over time um, they actually built a long lasting, lifelong actually, uh, friendship. They were friends until this guy actually passed away. Um, So, you know, just uh, by asking a favor, you can really build a, a great long-term relationship. Awesome. There you go, Ben Franklin. Yep. 
Yep. I've got a couple of Ben Franklin notes in my story bank. I oh, do you now, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, he's, well, I mean, God, he did so many things in, in his lifetime, didn't he? I mean, he was, he sort of started uh, libraries over in America or lending libraries, I should say. He, he also was in, involved in getting the uh, fire brigades up and running, the postal service. Oh. Nothing like a bit of an underachiever, I think. <laughs> Basic underachiever, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what do you reckon? Also, what do you, what do you, wasn't there also something about electricity? Oh, yeah, that's right. He did the old kite with the, you know, the key on the... The kite with the key? What was he trying to prove in that? Or was it just that you should have a conductor on the top of your tall buildings or something like that? I don't know. Anyway, maybe our listeners can write in and put a comment in the, in the comment section of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Help Sean flesh out. Yeah, please flesh out. What, what do you reckon? What, what do you think? What do you like about this story? Well, I, I like the surprise in, in that... He, he chose to ask as a way of mending the building the bridge right yes interesting because he you know he had a choice you know he could have retaliated and deepened the divide yeah um, as you, you know, as you mentioned he could have kind of oh no, done favors for him and been seen as uh, you know a subservient um, a few words have come to my mind I'm just trying to think of a uh, inappropriate one you can use on podcast. <laughs> Inappropriate. So, and so he thought, okay, well, what will I do then? I'll ask. So I I like that, the simplicity of it. Mm. And, you know, of course, the 21st century version of that is Amanda Palmer's book, uh, which uh, is it called The Art of Asking? Yes, The Art of Asking. I haven't read it, but um, essentially the the idea, though, behind it is that, you know, by asking sort of helps you build the community, right? That's right. So, uh, we are resistant to asking yes. because you know fear of rejection, etc. But when you do ask, you you deepen connections. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's and you know uh, the other thing that sort of strikes me—it's not so much about the story, but the sort of bigger idea here—is that when you start acting in a particular way, you, your beliefs start to line up with your actions. So this this guy, you know, gets asked to lend him Benjamin Franklin the book, and lending a book to someone is kind of like an act of friendship. So by doing it and then doing it again and doing it again, his brain's going, I must be friends with this guy. And yeah. so his beliefs line up with his actions rather than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. And when we come to talk about how to use this in a business context, it's that very point that I'm so excited about. Is that right? Okay. It's, I'm so excited about that point because it, this story can provide a useful illustration of so many things that we'd like to change. Okay. So we'll come to that when we talk about it. So, I mean, I like Ben Franklin. He's a, a relatable figure. We all, well, most people know who ben, Benjamin Franklin is, or at least vaguely, you've heard of him. We know he's on the hundred dollar bill. You know, at least I get that from all the gangster movies that I that I watch. Ah, I, well, <laughs> you know, I you're going to be paid in Ben Franklin's, right? Isn't that the the, oh, the lingo? Oh, you know? right. So, well, you know. Obviously, I don't get uh, to watch enough. Uh, you're not into movies. the nuance of the payment for, yeah. approach there for the mafia because. Yeah, what's the uh, what's the, that that uh, TV series that you were you were totally into? Oh, for a, for a while there, yeah, it was Sopranos. I mean, who was the it? Sopranos? It was, yeah, it was. It was uh, it's a classic. Still is a classic. Yeah. Um, I I think there's that. I think it, it's about a simple interaction that anyone can imagine, right? Uh, it's it's a simple story. It's it's just about asking 
to borrow a book, right? Yeah. You know, and and so there's that. I think that's a, a really important part of the the story. The fact that it's just something we all experience in some way or another, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it's pretty easily retellable. Uh, now we had a, a conversation about this yesterday, and I've used it three times. Right, and, I, yes. and, I'm, I'm, and you I'm, can I'm, tell I'm, it easily. Yeah, and I'm opening a webinar with it this evening, and I, in fact, I'll share with you and the the viewers what I'm planning to do with the story as an illustration of why I'm so excited about it. Yeah, good, excellent. I like to hear that. Um, yeah, so I think there is there's nothing too too amazing about the story. It's got a few simple beats, and and uh, and you can tell it. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of making it even better, there's one point that uh, that stands out for me, and that is. The guy's name. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it'd be, be told better if I sort of said something like, uh, and let's call this, this uh, suave character, you know, Charles, and then, you know, sort of go from there and talk about Charles did this and Charles did that. Yeah. Now, I've, I've been thinking about this and I think there's another way. And and because that is definitely a way you can say, oh, let's yes. just call him Charles, and yes. and you can call him Charles. Yeah. But what I did is I found a label for him, which was oh, yeah, yeah. What you go? It was one of his legislative rivals, and then his rival did this, and his rival did that, and his rival did the other thing, and his rival, his rival, his rival became a friend, and so by attaching a label to him, you, you know, you're not struggling for the other guy or you know the other mm, the other bloke or whatever. Yeah. And you know we do that in our day-to-day storytelling, mm-hmm. like, you know, we'll say things like, yeah, well, HR did that. Yep. Or, yeah, IT did this. So it's it's certainly part of the way in which we tell stories on a day-to-day basis. Yep, yep. And, and so uh, when I'm telling this story, as I've practised it, I use the term rival and I find it much easier. Yes, uh, no, it's good to have a label, isn't it? Yeah. And then you yeah. know the one yeah. thing you have to say. Yeah. Yes. So that's a lesson for our listeners. If you are in a situation where you don't have a name, then you can either insert a name and just make it clear that you've made it up. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. We'll call him George. Yeah. Uh, or you, you give a generic label like rival or friend or lover, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was thinking, though, Mark, in, in something like this, you got to pick a name that's historically plausible, right? Yeah. I'm try- I was trying to think of a 21st century male name. Uh, Sean would probably be one of them, you know? I mean, how many Seans would be in the US uh, in 1736? Yeah, I- I've, been- I've been thinking. I-, I haven't come up with any. Yeah, let's, let's call him Bruce. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's not going to work. Elton. <laughs> I don't know. I-, I don't know what a... Anyway, just something to, to take yeah. note. I think it's an obvious one. Um Okay, good. Is um, so we should have a chat about the where we yeah. use it, how it, where we'd use it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'm. If I'll just share yeah, my, my, my my plan uh, because I'm opening a workshop this, e- this evening. It's the final session of our storytelling for leaders workshop with a bunch of very senior executives, and they're very busy, and they're they're busy in a way that prevents them from doing some of the important bridging activities that help them practice. And so this final session is all about practice. I want them to practice more. And so I was just open by saying, we've said a number of times, the use of story 
is it's easily understood. You know, it's conceptually straightforward, but it's it's behaviorally difficult. So it's hard to do. And so uh, if you look at it from some perspectives, it can be easier to change your behavior with action rather than with thought. So Benjamin Franklin, 1930s, da-da-da-da-da-da, his rival gave the speech, it hurt him, he looked at his options, and, and so, and I'll emphasize this point, and he thought, I don't want this guy to, buy, to be my enemy, I want him to be my friend. So what do friends do? And he just thought of some of the simple things that friends do, and one of them is they borrow stuff from each other. So he borrowed the book from Franklin, uh, from his rival, Da 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 da. They became lifelong friends. And so, if you want to be a more, if you want to be a better storyteller, be able to use this this really cool tool, then you have to behave like a storyteller, and you have to act like a storyteller rather than think like one. Yeah. In fact, you could use that same phrasing that you use in the story. You could sort of say, "And what do good storytellers do?" Ah, oh, love it. That's even better. Good storytellers practice. You know, and that way you, you repeat that. That's that sort of pattern, if you like. Yeah. And and so that's my plan. But this is where I think this story is so valuable and so versatile. If you're in an organization and there's silos and you want more collaboration, you have you tell this story and you say, So what do good collaborators do? Yes. Yeah, right. They ask for things, they invite people to meetings, they share more. Should we behave like a a good clever, um, you know, communication. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's right. Exactly. I think the, I think the that that idea of you know getting people to act their way into new beliefs is a strong one. I think there's another one which is around, um, you know, just the importance of building rapport rather than going down the enemy route. Right. This is very important at the moment. Right. Where everyone's getting you know, sort of pitted against one another in terms of their politics or, you know, whether they wear a mask or not wear a mask or you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's about how do you build bridges? How do you build the connections and rapport, et cetera? So I think right, just so, on that basis would be- I love it. Very, very relevant. And so you might say, so rather than uh, deepen the divide, how do we close the divide? How do we understand each other? So what would you do if you were seeking to understand somebody more? Indeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I think um, they're, they're probably the two big ones. Any other ones that spring to mind for you? No, but I, I'm I'm sure there are many, and I'm really interested in feedback from our listeners on other applications of this story. Yes, where you can you can think like what what if I, we want to see more of this? What would that look like? How do we act in that way? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good one. Well, it's time to give it a rating then. And, All right. And so what are you going to go for, Mark? What's your rating? Well, I'm, I'm, it, it's an eight for me. Well, I love this story. You know, I thought you were going to say a nine there. I just oh. so always thought there was a nine, <laughs> a nine level. But eight, yeah, eight's good. No, I, I, for me, it's an eight as well. It, I think if it got up to, you know, that story you told about you two, where, yeah. you know, you're, to me, that's a nine level story, right? I mean, that's a... I don't know if we'll give it a 10 to anything, but but still it'd be that I'm on a bit of a sidebar here, I know, but you know, that year two story, even though I love it so much, it'd be a bit hard to tell maybe in a day-to-day basis. Whereas this one, nice and short, 
makes a very clear point and bam you've sort of uh, got a got a story to use and put it in your repertoire yeah so when i'm thinking about my ratings impact is certainly one of them and that u2 story has high it's huge impact amazing yeah. impact but i also think about utility yes how, how often how versatile is the story and the u2 one high impact but it as you say not many opportunities to use it whereas this one man i can see many many opportunities to use it so simple and that's why I, that's why it's an eight hey i was just thinking you know that you could use you could I bet you anything, there's almost an exact same story uh, from an Amanda Palmer perspective, right? So you could go looking through that book. And if you wanted a more 21st century, maybe female uh, perspective story, like you had a different community who were who not so interested in, you know, guys from the 1700s, <laughs> right? And you want the more up-to-date, uh, you know, sort of version. I bet you anything, Amanda Palmer has this exact same story. Yeah, I'm reading at the moment to try and find it. Right. Okay. I, st- well, yeah, I, I, I picked it up back. last night. Because <laughs> I do, I do uh, remember. Uh, maybe I heard her talking on a podcast. Uh, it sort of starts out, I think, with her doing um, essentially busking and just asking people to, you know, give us some money for her for her performances on the street. And so that was the starting point. But I'd, I'd like it'd be nice to then see how it goes further into the into yeah. her experiences and the sort of asks that she's made and the friendships she's developed out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you might've seen her 2012 Ted talk where. Ah, uh, maybe that's what it was. I think along, along with 8 million of your closest friends. Yeah, that's so, it. Exactly. Yeah. Good one. Uh, I'll give it an eight as well, Mark. I think it's a, a eight worthy story. Cool. Right. Now, anything we need to finish up? Uh, just just a reminder about the the, uh, the public programs uh, late October on our website anecdote.com forward slash events if you want the details and registration information see you there lovely yeah well thanks everyone for coming along and listening to anecdotally speaking and of course tune in next week for another episode of how to put your stories to work bye for now Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.